bartender, can I borrow that pen? I got a list of things I need to get down on this napkin. She's been going out with some. Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. Today, sitting down with Clayton Shea. I got to get to know Clayton via PGA 2K23. That's right, playing golf online. I'm a grown ass adult and I play video games, man. That's what I do. Brought him to Vegas, play Stoney's Rocking Country. We got to sit down and talk music. Growing up, energy and entertainment. We talked love and theft. A blackjack Billy, CJ Solar, our boy Dean, and so much more. Let's get to know Clayton Shea. I was up on it like I was going to sing you a song. Oh, do it. You won't. Tuxedo Waiters. That's my Chris Young impression. That was not Bono. <laughs> not even... Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. Clayton Shea, we know each other, but we don't. What's up, brother? How are you? I'm good, man. I, man, I'm so happy to be here. I'm glad you're here. This all started over, uh, I laugh because I tell this story a lot. People <laughs> like, you play golf? I'm like, kind of. I play more online, and I really don't even play that much online, but um, we have this little group, and we all get online whenever we can. And It's funny how life works out sometimes. Yeah, it's man. pretty neat. And we had a deal. You can play here, but uh, I believe um, someone else was supposed to come with us, but he's out on the road. Um, but the deal was Dean has to show yep. up, and we love Dean around oh, here. Oh, I love Dean. He's one of my neighbors for a while. So Right? Yep. Saw so him all the time. How did you meet Dean? Let's go there. Dean. Um, you know, I think I met him when he was playing with Austin. Austin Burke initially. I don't think he remembers meeting me then. Right. But that was years and years ago. Flash. He was drinking a lot then. He was drinking a lot. <laughs> I was drinking a lot. Flash forward several years later, I moved to Nashville and I think I just probably saw him out and about or like playing with people downtown. And yep. one of those guys that Im- immediately you meet him and it feels like you've known him for years, you know? It's a so, good dude, man. Yeah. So where, where were you? Where were you born? I was born in Illinois, <clears throat> small town. Uh, I guess it's the biggest town around where I'm from, but uh, Peoria. Okay, sure heard, heard of that town. Yeah, yep. so I'm from a small town southwest called Canton. Okay. Real small, cornfield town. What you, got you into music? It's always been something I love. Um, when I was a really, really little kid, my grandma had this grand piano in her basement, and I'd go down there and tinker on it, and she'd show me a few things so I can play like a bunch of songs from the 50s that nobody would ever know. That's cool. Um, but more than anything, it's the entertainment side of it. Uh, I'm not gonna wow you with my my vocals like chris stapleton would i'm also not like you know gonna get a record deal based on my looks or anything like that so i try to bring what i got which is energy and entertainment and that was something that always when i'd go to like fairs and festivals i'd see those guys up there and i'd be like that's that pulled me to that's it. what i want to do yeah exactly. and then so you pack up your shit you get nervous become humble you move <laughs> you move to nashville yep did you know people there already before you went yeah so <clears throat> little tiny backstory. Uh, probably two years before I moved to Nashville, I opened for a band, Blackjack Billy. Uh, yep. We talked about this. They played here a long time yeah. ago. Long yeah, I, I, talked time to, ago. I talked to him about it, actually. Yeah. Um, I, I opened for them in my college town, Bloomington, Illinois. Met the guitar player, Jeff, that night. Found out he put together the band Love and Theft, wrote Angel Eyes with them. Oh, wow. And I was like, this is a good dude to know. So I took a couple trips to Nashville over the course of the next couple years, had beers with them. Flash forward to, you know, I'm making the decision, time to move. I hit him up. I'm like, hey, Jeff, let's grab a beer. Moving to town. He's like, actually, we need a bass player. I'm like, dude, I'm a front man. I, like, barely strum the guitar. And right. he's like, we'll teach you. We got a month to open opening for Midland. We'll get you there. I do this. How long thing. ago was that? 
2018. Okay. So, and you'd never played bass before? Never played bass, never sung harmonies. And I'll tell you, dude, I have the utmost respect for guys who play bass and sing harmonies. It is so hard to do. Dean. Dean. Dean's the master of it, yeah. honestly. He so. masturbator, maybe. Masturbate. Can we say that on here? <laughs> yeah, you can say that. Okay, the fuck we, you want. we broke the ice. Sorry, <laughs> yes. I'm ready. <laughs> That's good. So um, you call him, you need a bass player, so you move to town, and now all of a sudden you're in Blackjack Billy. That's right. Um, and I was a huge fan. You know, since I opened for them, I listened to their stuff all the time. So this, to me, was like the ultimate, like, this, you know, not many people get to move to Nashville and have that kind of, like, intro right. to what you're touring on, is like. And, and you're working. Yep. Not exactly how I initially imagined moving to Nashville. You know, I wanted to move there and, like, hammer my solo thing. So that kind of got put on the back burner for a little bit. But I also got the ultimate touring experience of, sure. you know, what it's like to fly and be gone for 15 days and, you know, the catering. So this is something I didn't even know was a thing, being from a small town in Illinois. I didn't know you got, like, catering and treated so nicely whenever you're in, like, a great band like that. Right. So it, if anything, just invigorate it fueled me it fueled the fire in me like i gotta get that myself i gotta get there so that's pretty freaking cool so is blackjack billy still around yeah we do a handful of shows so you're still in the band yeah oh, yeah wow. we played last weekend in saskatchewan no that's way where i got this tattoo um, <laughs> i was on a couple of edibles and uh i would not recommend edible tattoos no because you feel every little every little pen and needle that goes into you but uh yeah. i've always had this thought with edibles of I don't care if they tell you like they're 10 milligrams or 100 milligrams. They don't know. Start small because yeah. you can always add tea, but you can't take away <laughs> once you're there. I, I have my uh, a buddy of mine. His name is Seth, and he lives in um, Newport Beach, California. Okay. And I was down with him. This was years ago. And I was coming home, and he gave me this bag of brownies. He's like, when you get home, eat these. They're edibles, blah, blah, blah. And that was it. <laughs> And I love motorcycles, so I'm watching Supercross. This will make sense in a second. So I'm sitting on my couch. I'm like, shit, I'm going to try one of these things. So I ate one. Ten minutes later, nothing. So I ate another one. Oh, no. Ate another one. They were actually really good. Yeah. Right? So I called him after like 30 minutes. And I'm like, bro, you sure you gave me the right bag? He's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, dude, I've had like four or five of them and nothing. And he goes, dude, you're fucked. And I went, what? Like that? And he goes, takes about an hour. That gives me anxiety just thinking about that. He was like, do me a favor. I want you to call me when Supercross is over. Yeah, I didn't call him. No, you probably just passed right out. I was, Dude, I stared at the TV and motocross, (laughs) it was indoors. (laughs) So they were going, I thought it was an ant farm. Oh my God. That's all I'm thinking is like, this is a fucking ant farm. Yeah, I was done. You were in the stratosphere. I was. I was in another world. So I learned from there that, yeah, I don't. A, I don't do that. B, yeah, I don't do that. Did he make those himself? Because yeah, yeah. that's the thing, too. Well, when you make them yourself, you know, you make the oil, and then you make a batch of cookies or brownies, and this one could be 5 milligrams, exactly. and this one could be 50 milligrams. Yes, that's what I'm saying. You don't know. Especially with those ones. you no. got to be even more careful. Yeah, I think he made a whole tray of brownies, and I had a, oh, I threw geez. the bag away. I, was pit- I wasn't pissed, <laughs> but I was, I mean. Scarred PTSD. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. I've been there. Too yeah. many times, and it's not fun. No. Too high on an edible is a, not a good time. We played poker one night. My buddy Dave is a total pothead. I believe that there's two types of weed. Mm-hmm. There's the kind that the normal consumer can have, and then there's what's what I call rapper's weed. Yep. My buddy Dave <laughs> smoked the rapper's weed, and I tried it one night, and I literally I had a two-story house at the time. I sat on the edge of my couch forever trying to figure out how the fuck I was going to get upstairs. Oh, geez. That's a bad place to be in. Yeah. Your legs stop working. I just you, sat You there. get that internal monologue. It's like, all right, man, no one's ever died from this. You're going to be fine. <laughs> You might throw up, but it's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. 
Like you have to remind, remind yourself to breathe once in a while. <laughs> I I enjoy um, uh, playing golf with y'all because I think one of the first nights Dalton or somebody was was um, I don't know maybe a little bit upside down on some mm, stuff and oh it was yeah. and it was pretty funny because I have my headphones on and my kids right next to me and the girls right next to me and I'm just like I am so glad I have these on right <laughs> now because <laughs> you should always have those on when you're playing with us. Yes, the 100%. headphones, but super fun, man. I. We I'm, should clarify, it's PGA golf. Yeah. For those of you listening, this is virtual golf. Yes. We and should I, definitely play a round of golf, though, someday. Yeah, I think that was... It's, for me, it's like, I don't care how good we do. It's just like, just enjoy out. being yep. outside. Maybe have an edible. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't. Maybe I don't like drink. A, a tiny little edible. It's two well, milligrams. We'll I might, I might have to try something. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I go play golf with my buddy Sparky, who is he's a scratch, if not better, golfer. Mm-hmm. Like I hate golfing with him because I watch him, and, and he's just that good. Those guys are frustrating. Yeah. But he'll go out. My problem is I get my own head. Mm-hmm. Just like when we play the stupid fucking game. Yeah. There's times when you're like, dude, this one's easy. I'm like, dude, I laid it up short because it was <laughs> dumb. But he'll give me a twisted tea. Ah. And I'll drink that, and then I'm good for about three four holes. And then he gets mad at me because I always put my driver away. Ah. And I start hitting off the tee with a, mm-hmm. a five iron, four yeah. iron. And I know guys that do that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. If I can't control it, I can't control hey, it. Hey, you got to play your game. See? So you don't drink... At all, and very, except very for like rare. when you golf, very, very, very. I drank. Uh, Sam Grow played here for my birthday. Uh, I had a green tea shot with him. Okay. Uh, New Year's Eve, I had a green tea shot, and that's it. Is it okay. for health reasons or yeah, really? I mean, <laughs> no, no. I, don't know. I just don't like the way I feel. Yeah. A couple of days later, totally it's not worth it that. to me. That's just, dude. You're better off. Yeah. 100%. I watch. Uh, I, I watch the people around me drink. They drink enough for me, so mm-hmm. I'm fine. I want to be able to drive home. I don't want to. I don't. We ever... are in this environment all the time too, so it's a dangerous game to play. Could be, yeah. yeah, could be. There was a night here one night that um, CJ Solar played here. Love and that dude too. I love that dude too. He's such a neat guy. I went to give him his check, and our accountant put a um, a post-it note on the check, and I ripped the post-it note off. And when I ripped the post-it note off, it ripped the seal off the check. Uh, so I was like, I'm already having a bad day. Uh-huh. This is crap. So I went in the safe with the, the the bar manager. I'm like, I need this much money. She gave me the money. I walked out. I paid CJ. I said, no, I'm not supposed to do this. It's against everything. But I trust you. You're not drunk or nothing like that. But if it was any other band, I probably would have just been check on Monday. Yeah. So he goes and does that. And I walked out. My buddy Sparky was here. He was up in the DJ booth area. And I go, um, I need a shot. And he dropped everything because it's rare. And he's like, so we run to the bar. We had two each of the green tea. Have you ever had a green tea shot? Oh, yeah. Okay, so there's a Love bartender here tea. named JC that kicks ass with them. Like, um, like they're the best things definitely. ever. Now I got to have one. You, you will. I'll make sure you have one. I, I don't know if I'm going to. I might have one with you. We got to get rough you. Day. Oh, you got to have one. It's been, a, it's been a rough day. My goal now is to get you to take one <laughs> shot tonight. We had those two. My girl walks up. She goes, she hates <clears> when I drink. Like, I'm the happiest. Your get, girl hates it? Yes, really? when I drink. Okay. Yeah, and she's like, I'm just not used to it. Uh, That's all she ever says. You, I don't. you said you're the happiest guy ever. Happiest. Yeah, I just get happy. same with me. So we had, she goes, I'm having one. So she ordered them. I took one of them, slid it down, Sparky, we drank those. I had like six or seven oh, in man. 20 minutes. You were probably blasted. I was, I was happy. And <laughs> I looked at JC. I go, were you first one in tonight? She was like, yeah. I'm like, will you give us a ride home? Because Sparky <laughs> at the time would ride yeah. on the corner. Got a ride home. It was fucking cool. Uh, that was the last time I think I was really buzzed, and that was pre-COVID. So... Six or seven shots when you don't drink is that's probably hit you pretty good. It did. And well, Sparky kept going. We got twenty minutes. If we leave right now, we can get home. I'm like, dude, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. 
Yeah. I mean, I never drive. After, I don't care if I've had one or two drinks. Yeah, it's I not worth it. Don't even do not it. Not in man. this world. Mm-mm. Let's get back to you. Yeah. So you go out on the road with Blackjack Billy still, and I saw that I think next week you have a show. Is that your own? I, saw, I think I saw it on your website. Next week I've got <clears throat> so a three-day run. I'm doing uh, this place up in Chicago called Gaelic Park. It's okay. an Irish fest. Uh, I'm doing that on Friday and Sunday. It's kind of weird. So I'm going to play Friday, go down to Knoxville, Illinois on Saturday, headlining the show there, going back up to Gaelic Park again. So, Do you think because you went out with the guys uh, and saw music a little bit different as far as the experience that you walk into something a little bit different or Man, with a different expectation per se? I think one of the... I mean, I can't even tell you how many lessons I've learned from playing with those guys. They're all veterans, you know, of right. the road and of the whole industry and everything. I've learned so many lessons, but one of my favorite lessons is no matter the crowd size, no matter what, always try to have more fun than them. And it's contagious. Oh, that's right. It's it's one of my favorite lessons. It's like we are always aiming to have more fun than than the people out in the audience. And regardless of if it's ten people or ten thousand, yeah. it's always the same. So that's funny you say that. I've never you're the first person to ever say that before. I've taken bands to L.A. to try out for stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, Boy Hits Car was a band. I took a drummer out. It was the fourth day, end of the day. My buddy, I drove down there. He tried out for them. They, it was like the first dude. Mm-hmm. Like They gave everything. So I came back with the mindset of I would go watch these bands in rehearsal and be like, if you're not rehearsing like what you just yeah. said, if you're not, what's the point? Yep. You, you're supposed to be rehearsing your show, and that's yeah. whether it's in front of 10 people or 10,000. Well, man, and that's the thing, too. Sometimes you get these guys who are really good singers, and then they just don't know how to put on a show because they just so strictly rely on their voice. Or somebody who's just a good-looking dude or or gal, and right. they rely on that. It's like you got to get show. all the things as much as you can, you know? You spent a lot of time on Broadway or some time? Or... When I first moved to town, I beat it to death. Right. I mean, I was – well, so there was the year with Blackjack. We got signed to Reviver in town. It was like the last hurrah for Blackjack. Uh, so after that year, I was like, I need to start making some money. And so I hammered Broadway five nights a week. What did you do there, sing? Yeah, I would do mostly acoustic shows, like acoustic duos. I'd sometimes do doubles. Just, right. you know, got my chops up, learned how to play songs that I didn't know. Like, that's a whole other thing. Also, learned how to play really, really drunk, which is not something I recommend doing. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a skill you can acquire, but you have to push the limits. There's some nights that I... I'm not proud of, you know. It's funny that I don't remember. And um, then I went back the next time, like, oh, dude, you crushed last time. I'm like, oh, did I? Sick. I don't remember being here. Exactly. Yeah. Um, John Marks and I t- had that conversation because I used to always assume that there was two types of artists: the ones that play Broadway and the ones that don't. And mm-hmm. he enlightened me on some stuff and gave me another viewpoint. And that's what I love about him, is he said that it's a great place for a newer artist to hone their craft yep. and to build a following. Absolutely. I, I mean, th- I think everybody should, uh, you know. Regardless of when you move to town, I think you should play Broadway for a little bit. Right. It, like you said, gets your chops up, makes you appreciate the road stuff a lot more, too. Because, honestly, down there you're treated kind of like a human jukebox. Like, people don't really give a shit about who you are. or Right. Unless you really, like, make a connection. And that's also my goal every time I play down there. Because I don't play down there that often anymore. I do, like, Wild Horse Saloon right. and Old Red sometimes. But I'm always like, how can I find people in the audience to make a connection with so that when they leave they're going to look me up and find me in their hometown when i come through yeah so. and pay attention exactly that's the neat part yeah your first time in vegas it's my first time well i've driven through before but i've never stopped and hung set out foot what's yeah. the plan for the weekend man i, I got these guys vegas? with me all all of them i think have been here dean and chris definitely have i can't yeah. remember if wes has but i'm going to kind of let them 
dictate what we do. I don't really care. I'm not a huge gambler. I want to I want to go into a casino and put like 50 bucks on black, you know. Right. Just cuz. Yeah. We play uh um we go to the local places. We go to South Point. Okay, well you should I'll take your advice cuz I don't know anything. You go down to the other. I'm not saying that black or red's going to be different anywhere else, mm-hmm. but I just think the experience is like if you go down to like the Cosmo Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll love it there. Like the vibe there is cool, but okay. it's a very expensive place. Like if you go to have a drink, it's twenty four dollars for for some shit, and you yeah. just sit back. And I'm not about that, but I also live here. Just like you don't go down to Broadway to hang sure. out with your friends. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I so. mean, I'm about the experience. I want. I don't care about the touristy stuff either. Like if you recommend a place, I'm going there because yeah. I don't. I don't need the the touristy crap. You know, like being from Nashville. It's Heck like, yeah. Same yeah, kind of thing. Uh, Chris Bandy came to town one time, and he was like, "Dude, come pick us up and take us to Fremont." I'm like, "Bandy, I would never fucking call you and say, come pick us up, take us to, to Broadway." Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm like, "Go do your thing. We'll hang out after." Man, so, I can't even tell you how many times. It's probably almost weekly that people hit me up and like, "Hey, I'm in town. Like, come down to Broadway and show us around." I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I get paid to go down there, and I still barely want to. So it's that's rough. I mean, yeah. I was there not too long ago, and we walked down there, and I'm like, it's gotten dirty. It reminds me of Fremont Street yeah. here, which is just bad, Nash, bad. Nash Vegas is what they call it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's it's bad. I mean, there's homeless people everywhere. There's drunk Broadway girls who want to give you a dollar for a song. And right. It's just no thanks. Are you a Young the Giant fan? Do you know uh, that band? Yeah, I know of them. I'm not super familiar though. They're, I know they're playing on Fremont Street tomorrow night. One of their free shows. They do I stuff mean, like that. I would that. totally be down next, for that. Is that next Saturday or is it next Saturday? What kind of music is that? It's alternative stuff. Yeah. yeah, I used to go see them at uh, at the Cosmo. They had a um, a piano bar there, okay. and they would play on top of the piano bar. Whoa! Maybe a hundred people would fit in the room, and they would bring these badass bands through. I there. love that. Yeah, I thought it was cool experience again. Dean was telling me about some store that you go into, and it's like a fake grocery store, and then you walk through, and it's like something else completely. Like you walk through a fridge or something. Um, you like a um, I would know speakeasy, if, something like that. Somebody was telling us that we had to do it, and Dean's like, oh, yeah, we went there last time I came through, and it's, dude, you got to see it. See, I don't know that one. I know that Resorts World has Something a new, oh, re, it's, huh, is it Some, Resorts World? We, I think no. it's at Resorts World. It's in, the, they, they have a, um, like a, um, a convenience store thing, and you walk through that in the back, and there's a speakeasy in that's the back. That's really what it, yeah, I think that's what it is, yeah. yeah. There's a, at Park MGM, there's a restaurant bar, and if you walk in and go all the way to the back, there's like a little doorway like this. You walk in there, and it's got its own bar and like four uh, tables, and that's nice. it, which See, is pretty I love badass. That. I love that shit. Yeah, that vibe is cool, too. My buddy Rich took us there, and it was pretty badass. Man. Yeah, that's the only touristy stuff I'd want to do is like that kind of cool stuff. Austin took me to a place, um, FGL House. Yeah, in Nashville? Yep, I'm yeah. standing at the doors. Well, there's a single door to the left, and you open that door, and it goes downstairs, and there's a nightclub downstairs. By FGL? Yes. I didn't know that. I, FTL I've heard is, of, off, uh, is off Broadway. Yeah, right? yeah it's yep. second. Yeah, second yeah. avenue. Yeah, or, it's or right or across third. from Johnny Cash thing. Yeah. Yep, that's it. I didn't there's, know that was there. there see, we, yeah. So we there's like the something. red phone booth in Nashville. It's, I've heard of, it's like famous. Yep. And then there's House of Cards, which is kind of speakeasy-ish too. But I wonder what that one that you're talking about is. It's literally if that. if you go to walk if you walk out of FGL House, you make a right, go towards Broadway. There's a single door like this, and some dude standing there. Wow. Austin took us in there, and everyone was laughing at me because I dirty little secret. I don't or, know. Or it no. It's downstairs. It's a full fucking nightclub. It's not country. Is there? A, is it packed down there? Yes. Yeah. I oh. walked in there, and everyone that was with us was looking at me like, "What's wrong with Toad?" And I'm just like soaking it up. I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I'm in fucking Vegas right That's now. That's cool. Because it wasn't country at all. There was a yeah. DJ. 
VIP was along the side and the and the dance floor was sunk down. And mm-hmm. so we're like about two foot higher than everybody. And I'm just like looking out and Austin just kept looking at me like, dude, what the fuck? And I'm like, bro, I'm just soaking it in. This is crazy to me. Yeah, yeah it was pretty. It was an experience. And a lot of people didn't know about it. When, well, now I got to go check that out. You have to. Yeah. When you're at home, where do you like to hang out? If I'm going out, um, I'm going to Midtown. Yeah. It's, it's the, the hub of networking. I mean, that's my only reason to go out anymore. Um, I've honestly gotten to be kind of a homebody. So when I first moved to town, I had a long-term girlfriend, sucked into the homebody mode. We broke up, and then I just went off the rails for like a year. Call that wide open. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> throttle was wide open. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I did my, my time, you know, going out and getting crazy in Nashville then. Now I'm back into like, all right, that got dangerous. I need to chill. Right. But I, now I'm back to like, I'm going to schedule network nights like I schedule rights. Sure. Like I'm going to be like, all right, on this Tuesday, I'm going out. Because I want to stay home. Like I, the Red Door I want to stay home stuff? and play PGA with the boys. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, it's, uh, it's Midtown. It's Red Door, Losers, Winners, winners right. that whole strip there. But I mean, really, I don't, I don't go out much. Yeah. Yeah. I don't either. I'm better off. It's so funny. You guys, I don't understand. You guys are two two hours ahead of me. Mm-hmm. So I get a text message at 8. Anyone playing? I'm like, it's fucking 10 o'clock there. These guys fucking go to sleep. And then <laughs> Heather's always like, well, they're also like not going to bed normally. Yeah. But I wake up too early. I wake up like 4 or 5 every morning. Yeah. So it's kind of hard. But Man, I mean, this last couple of weeks has tested me whenever I've gotten the text from like Dalton at like, 11:30 p.m. I'm like, dude, I I've been doing the same thing. I've gotten myself back into like our gym routine, so I'm getting up at latest eight o'clock right every morning. And so getting on at 11:30 p.m. I'm I'm like, all right, I'm screwed now. Not, I'm either not gonna sleep much or I'm gonna not go to the gym. There was a couple nights there where it's to me it's 11:30, 12 o'clock, mm-hmm. two o'clock to you guys, and we're playing, and then everyone in my house is asleep, yeah. and I'm just like, man, did I just? Yeah, I'm gonna pay for this tomorrow, yeah. but it's fun. I mean, yeah, I mean. You only live once, right? Yeah, that's what they say, right, dude? Right. What's, like, your favorite pastime thing to do? I love golf. Just, uh, I mean, just getting into it, or it's just something you just... It's something I've done for probably, let's see, I think I played my first round when I was 21, so about nine years now. Um, I've not been good at it the entire time. Right. Up until probably a year ago, I started figuring some things out. And golf, to me, is, like, it's cool because you have to understand how it works, but then you also have to execute. Like, you can't just watch a bunch of videos and be like, oh, I got this. It's like right. you have to – it's the practical side of it, like application. So it's like very strategic, and when you get a good shot, it feels like the coolest thing in the world, and then you'll have 30 terrible shots, and then you'll have one more good one, and those good ones keep you coming back. Um, it's like the ultimate challenge that I feel like I could never quite conquer, and I'm just I'm – I'm along for the ride. I I'm, get frustrated when I watch TV and I watch these guys play, and I'm like, and it looks ace, so easy. They're 160 yards out, and they put it in the hole, or they put it like, <laughs> like when we played the other night. These guys like dropping it two foot from the hole. You're just like, what yeah. the fuck, man? Or it's you like, go out to the course and you see like an 80 year old guy in front of you, and he's just smacking the ball, and yeah. you're like, well, he's been doing it for 60 years, so that's that's he why. should be good. Yeah. He should be good. And that's the thing is like golf is one of the only sports that the longer you do it, even if you're old, the better you get, yeah. no matter what. Like as as your body degrades, you still get better. Yeah, practice makes perfect in some sense. I went and took one lesson, and uh, I need to. I hit the ball. Uh, it was an indoor thing, mm-hmm. so they had the the screen or whatever. And the guy came over and and he took me in another room, had me put my club down, and he gave me a shaft and a beanbag ball. Mm. He goes, I just want you to smack that. And I went, what? And he goes, just like this, just smack it. Mm-hmm. So I did for like ten, fifteen minutes, and then he took me back out, and he goes, that ball, pretend it's that ball, and smack it. 
I'll be goddamn 25 more yards out of the ball. I was like, holy shit balls. Those like, guys, man, they can unlock things in you. Yeah. And I need I need to do that because Well, they teach you balance. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing. He's like, you have good forward to back foot balance. And I was like, yeah, but I still suck. <laughs> well, dude, even I play with this kid who's amazing, like could be a pro golfer. And he still has days where he's shanking them left and right. It's just right. it's one of those the most humbling sports ever. Because you can never dial it in completely. Sure. You, know? you Even, watch these guys on TV still. They still fucking bang one yeah. out. And you're just like, where, the, where did that That's come the from? That's one of the best guys in the world doing yeah. that. You know, It's it's wild because you'll see them and you'll be like, man, that looked so easy when they just hit it five feet from the hole. But then they'll shank it off into the woods. And you're right. Like, oh, they're human. I wonder Sick. if they get in their own head. I did 100%. see they, they interviewed uh, Rom a couple of weeks ago and they said, if you would change anything about the, the sport of golf, what would you do? And he's like, I put bathrooms on all the holes. <laughs> he goes, because we don't know when that stuff's coming. Yep. I was like, that's pretty weird. I never really yep. even thought about, like, because you never pay attention to that. True. They they take the turn at nine. They don't, you don't yep. ever see them go anywhere. True. I never thought about that. Yeah. You're out there for a long time. Long time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, yeah, even longer when they go to like extra holes. I don't get it. Um, Music stuff again. Yeah. What's what's your what's like the one song or the one moment in music that you're like most proud of in your career so far? It'd have to be sign signed another man. Um, so that's my my biggest song. Uh, it's the one that got me off of Broadway, kind of shifted things for me, showed me that I can make a living from doing this. You thing. wrote that one mm-hmm. with with people with uh, Clayton Mann, uh, Tommy O'Keefe, and Mike Foster. And it was one of those songs that when we started writing it. It, we spent seven hours on this song because we, we got this idea. We were just like, hey, you know, there's lots of breakup songs, but what if we wrote this song that was like kind of basically not having bad blood with your ex, like kind of wishing them well, kind of saying to like the new guy, like, hey, just treat her right, man. Like, yeah. I'm not going to I'm not gonna do the typical, like, I hate you kind of thing. And we glare at each other when we go in the bar. And it's just like, treat her right. She deserves it. It just didn't work out between her and I sure. kind of thing. So. We took our time on it. Spent, it was two sessions, and uh, it really didn't do much when I first released it. It kind of had its moment for a second, and then it was getting like, I don't know, 300, 400 streams a day. Right. And uh, I put a, a music video on TikTok, a couple of clips, and it just blew up. And then from TikTok, it went to YouTube, and then from YouTube to streaming. So it's at around 8.7 million views Shit. on YouTube. Which Congrats. Thank you, man. Um yeah, it's <clears throat> it's paid me really well, which is awesome because I never thought I'd make money off of music. So it's probably a humbling experience. It, very yeah. much so. And then also, so that was two and a half years ago. Whenever that first popped off, it doesn't last forever. Right. That's another thing that some of these kids that we were talking about before we started this. You get that meteoric meteoric rise all of a sudden, and then the bottom falls out, and it's like the world's over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whereas if you you climb gradually. You if you a have career. a setback, you're like, oh, wait, I've been here before. It's okay. Yeah. You can build this back. So it's coming off a of sign of another man. You know, it's I, I call it like one hit syndrome. Those guys that get one hit song and then they never get one again. It's like it feels like the worst thing. So it's like a little bit of a battle learning how to cope with that. But uh, I'm excited about this new batch of songs I'm rolling out. And uh, I got a lot of songs that I feel like I'm getting back to writing stuff that's really real. Because after Sign Another Man, I was like, how can I get another hit? How can I get those numbers up again? I, I forgot that it's it's not about that. It's about it's write the real shit. You know yeah. what I mean? I use Jelly Roll as an example. You know, how long has that guy been at it? 
until long time until now he's a household name and what do you that's that's it's a good segue what do you someone just asked me the other day what i believe his career will be if i believe it'll be something that'll last a long time or if i believe that this is just the Flash wave the yeah. yeah no i wouldn't say no i mean he's I think what a little over a year, year and a half, he's really started to excel. But at what point he's playing here? September first. Here? At, no, God, no. Oh. Uh, MGM. Oh, so we had him in Idaho last year at okay. our location in, in Idaho. Fifty nice. five hundred tickets, man, just wow. crazy. But do you think that an artist like him, because he's done what he's done, do you think he's got longevity? Man, <clears throat> probably not a fair question to ask. No, no, you, no. But... I, I'll give you my honest answer. So let me, let me preface by saying. After being in the industry for you know a couple of years now that I have, the one thing I know is that I don't know shit. Yeah. <laughs> so the second I think I know something, I'm wrong. But what my gut feeling is with him is that he built that fan base. Yeah. He's got underground. A, he's got a cult following. Yeah. I compare it to like Dave Matthews. You know, they've got that fan base that's not going anywhere. They could never have another hit again, and they could he could keep touring the rest of his life. Sure. I so I believe. Um, that same concert that I saw Nickelback, Jelly was headlining as well. And I talked to a bunch of people. It was my hometown area that some people would come up and be like, hey, Clayton Shea, right? And I talked to him, like, hey, do you, are you going to go talk to Jelly Roll tonight? Tell him I said hi. And, man, that guy changed my life. And I'm just like, you don't hear that a lot. No, you're right. So that right there, to me, speaks to his longevity. Yeah. Whenever you touch people to that level, that personal level where you're changing their lives, you know, that's not a common thing. I go to Starbucks every morning and grab a chai tea, and probably about three weeks ago, some dude rolled up in his Ford truck with the windows down. He was blasting Save Me, whatever that song is, but Jelly, and I was mm-hmm. just like, it's pretty neat to see. It's it's neat, and he's going to cross over. I don't even think... he did. He, I think he's going to do the same thing like Dan and Shay did. They, mm. To me, I believe they got to this to this point in country where everybody knew they were and then all of a sudden they crossed over to this pop world mm-hmm. and I've got my friends that don't listen to country and they're like, dude, have you heard that one song by Dan and Shane? I was like, yeah, a year and a half ago. 10,000 yeah. hours. Yeah, and I'm just like... Hours. And I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, that song's old as shit. Yeah. But I enjoy that for careers and I always like to think of like... We've had some artists come through here, been cool, and then they've come back again and they haven't been so cool. Mm. And um, I always like to say an artist is only uh, as good on their way down as, I mean, on their way up as they are on their way down. Absolutely. And I don't, not everybody gets lucky like a Carrie Underwood or a Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. They don't, or a Dave Matthews band for that. Yeah. It just doesn't, I mean, you look at even, like Dave Grohl always said he never thought he was going to make money doing what he loved doing. Yeah. It's and, it's a weird industry, man. It's, it's crazy because it's, you're emotionally tied in. You're financially tied in. Yeah, it's your an investment. Time is yeah. It's all around. Every aspect of it is an investment. You're putting your whole self into it as much as you can. And and I guess Jelly is an awesome example of somebody who's not the most attractive dude. He's and hot in, as fuck. <laughs> well, the, you know, I'm he's he's my type for sure. <laughs> uh, is to me, and I don't mean any like disrespect by this, but he's not the best vocalist. Right. He's not a Chris Stapleton. So it's just the content of his, his lyrical content, yeah. and it's hitting people. And that's, that's he played on Fremont cool. Street not too long ago. Twenty thousand people showed I up. I saw that. My so my buddy who's done all my music videos is his video guy now. No, rad. So he rode that. Was, that's where the zip, the line. zip line. So he yeah. rode that zip line and got a video of the whole crowd. So nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I went down there for an NFR kickoff and saw uh, Laney Wilson and Nate Smith down oh, there. Sick. And Scotty McCreary. I didn't really. Scotty's cool. Yeah. Not. But I watched uh, Lainey. I was like, what the fuck? I had an offer in for her, and they pulled it when she won um, ACM Artist of the Year. She's absolutely skyrocketing. Uh, that's, I, I believe that's an understatement. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got 
uh, Nate, who Nate played his first show here, and then he went down there, and it was that was a neat experience to really see Nate shine. And then I don't know him very well. He, it, uh, I guess he was in town for a long time, or longer than I thought he was. But yeah, uh, yeah that dude's great, and I've also heard he's Jelly Roll esque in his character, like very personable, very down to earth, and so. Ironically enough, I had a show booked. He had some throat problems. They pulled the show, but I had a private event where they had him. So I worked out a deal with the private people to make it a public show. We did a show on a Tuesday. First time we ever done that. 900 people showed up. It was fucking nuts. Hell yeah. Him and I just hit it off. First time I'd ever met him. I still talk to him to this day. Like, we go back and yeah. forth. I just I booked another show with him. But when I went down, he's coming back in February. Uh, when I went down to go see him for NFR, it was a really weird experience because... The radio station people were there, and a couple of the radio people walked into the green room first, and then I walked in, like, fourth or fifth. The first two people said hi, and he looked over, and he was like, is that Toad? And he literally (laughs) just pushed people away. My girl was behind me, and the radio people were like, what is going on? Who Uh is, why is he getting this? And I always like to tell the story of, it's like, you you could be Sam Hunt for all I care. I'm not going to treat you any different. Good. You're just a regular fucking dude to me. The end of the day is you're no different, and... I go back to that thing, and I don't think people understand that about me. Is like we, I want this show prior to do well. I want the night of to do well, and then when you leave, I want people to listen to this and go, "I saw him." Next time he comes to town, I know a little bit more about him. I'm gonna go back and see him again, yeah. or whatever. That's the whole point of this. And I've had companies come through and say, "We're not used to people like you," and mm-hmm. I'm like, "You should say thank you, not put me down for it." Because yeah. the end of the day is, we're I'll always be selling. And what you just said about, <clears throat> you know, I don't care if you're same hunt or who you are. I'm gonna treat you the same. That's honestly. To the people, to the artists that have the right mentality, that's what they want, anyways. Absolutely, they don't want to be treated differently. Yeah. They want to be treated just like I put nobody on a pedestal, not Good. one person, not Good. one. Um, we got to get. We're late for dinner, yeah. but I want to tell you one last story real quick. Um, Luke Combs played here in 2016, and it's a two-part story. He played here with Corey Smith, Corey Smith's tour manager, and still to this day, Ethan's. Um, Luke's tour manager, mm-hmm. they had problems. I think Hurricane okay. was just hitting the radio, kind of doing good mm-hmm. for Luke. There was a problem. I treated them both the same. To me, they were, I mean, at that time, Corey was bigger yeah. than Luke. Yeah. And I just sat back and I just took care of my stuff with Corey's camp, looked at Luke's camp, and I just said, hey, man, like, I don't condone this behavior. This is unacceptable to me. Cappy came back that night and said, thanks for taking care of my boy, mm-hmm. which I thought was the coolest thing in the world. Uh, I ran into Cappy a couple years ago in Nashville, and he said, I said, well, Luke's coming back to play Stonies again. And I was laughing because, yeah, rah, rah. right, He said he's going to come back in a couple years and take care of the people that took care of him, and I'm top five. And I was like, wow. holy shit, Cap, that's rad. So um, we've moved forward to uh, Luke played here last year at T-Mobile with uh, Ash McBride mm-hmm. and with Ray Fulcher. Yep. So I was all three of those people have played here. Yeah, I was backstage with Ray. I saw Ashley shot the shit with her. She's the most politically correct person I've ever met, which I love. I said, when you come back to play Stoney, she's like, whenever you invite me, I'm like, I've sent two offers in. She says, what did they say? And I said, they said you were too big. And she goes, Toad, I've lost weight since then. I'm like, <laughs> that's why I love you. That's great. But um, Jake, the drummer for yep. Luke. Yep. Toad. 2016, Stoney's Rock and Country. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Hell He's like, yeah. man, I remember that shit like it was yesterday. Yeah. I just... That's what I like. I like to kill people with kindness, treat them like they're human. Mm-hmm. You're in my house. Yep. Like, I'm going to treat you the same way like if you came over. That's why I was trying to remember Nick's name, you know? Yeah, There's, Nick's a good dude. I man. mean, it's, it's, it's to me, it's a principle. It's not even, not that that guy's going to 
make or break my career in any way. It's just, you know, treat it, everyone with respect. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Nick. Tell people how to find you online. So I got a website, ClaytonShea.com, or any social media at ClaytonSheaMusic. S-H-A-Y. Do you love TikTok? I do not love TikTok. Uh, I love what TikTok did for me, uh, for my song, Sign Another Man, but it hasn't been so kind to me lately. Um, I think they changed the algorithm, or I suck at TikTok. I don't know which one it is. It's it's weird. I got a TikTok pre-COVID. Yeah. My kid, she's 15 now. We're sitting on the couch when I got it, and I named myself Toad Talk. T-O-A-D. Toad Talk. Kind of nice. cool, right? There you go. I wanted to get an intern to just follow me around mm-hmm. and videotape this stuff yeah. and from the time you show up and because nobody really knows what happens yeah. when you fly in That'd and blah great. blah blah i think it would be neat um but i get more requests for people asking for my name mm. <laughs> and i hit i don't really use it at all i think i've posted six or seven times in that's funny six, six years but i just thought it was funny that most people just say hey, man can i get that name can i get your username because wow. it's cool man it is cool i mean i don't even think i know your real name to be honest it's toad okay Still stuck in the past. I promise it ain't me. That just ain't none of my business. Keep that shit to yourself. Don't care about who she's kissing or if she's catching hell. Get too much for too long, so who cares? No, I don't. That shit ain't none of my business. 